Thanks for joining me on iHeartRadio and the Tech of Sports this week. And uh, the baseball season is upon us. Rule changes, lots of new things going on. But uh, we're going to look back and uh, have an interesting conversation with with Robert W. Cohen. He's the author of the the 50 greatest players in Braves history, and that encompasses three cities in the long history of the of the Braves. And uh, um, Bob has done this before, also. Uh, uh, 50 Greatest Players in Philadelphia Phillies History, Boston Red Sox, and we'll talk about maybe what makes the uh, doing the Braves a little different. And uh, Bob, thanks for coming on this week. Thank you for having me. Great, really enjoyed the book. Um, this is uh, this is brand new as the baseball season starts, and uh, kind of uh, were, were there challenges doing a. Uh, uh, a team like the Braves with different cities involved, uh, kind of different fan bases, and the long history of the Braves. What what challenges did that uh, did that uh, bring to to your writing? Well, the long history of the Braves certainly factored into the equation because you're going through different eras, like such as the Dead Ball era when they were in Boston, where it was very difficult to hit home runs, and then even even you know. After the Dead Bull era in the 20s, 30s, and 40s, they were still in Boston, and they were playing in a different ballpark. Certainly when they moved to Atlanta, uh, it was more, no, there was a lot more offense, so a lot more home runs being hit. And in between, of course, they were in Milwaukee, which is more of a fair ballpark for both pitchers and hitters. Uh, so that was one of the greatest challenges. And then uh, there's, always, there's always challenges when you're going through uh, 100 and basically 150 years of baseball history. Yeah. It's, it's very challenging. Yeah, and, and as you read the book, I won't give away all the spoilers, but uh, you kind of set the parameters of, of what you were looking for and what you kind of, where your rankings uh, kind of came from. Um, you know, like you said, uh, different types of success in Boston, um, quite a bit of success in Milwaukee, and then uh, w- and when you got to Atlanta, maybe some down years, 70s and the 80s, and then a ton of success in the '90s and into uh, into present day uh, Atlanta Braves baseball. So uh, um, you really had a lot to uh, to kind of weed out, and uh, but you didn't want you had a lot of Hall of Famers though that uh, kind of make their way in. Yeah, well, my top ten, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I think almost all of them. Well, Freddie Freeman is the only one. Although, and Freddie Freeman and uh, Dale Murphy, the only two, are not in the Hall of Fame. I think. Murphy might make it someday. I personally think he's better than some of the players who are already in. Yep. And Freddie Freeman will, most likely will make it at some point in his career. After yeah. his career, as well. Yeah. Kind of. Let's let's talk about the uh, the different cities. And uh, Braves got their start in Boston, and like you said, dead ball era. How uh, how difficult was that to look at? Well, I basically started at the very beginning, which was the 1870s when they were first the Boston Red Stockings. And then they became the Boston Bean Eaters during the 1880s, and then yeah. that carried through to about 1910. When they, around that period, they became known more commonly as the Braves. So uh, I, I excluded all the players that performed for the team prior to 1900 because uh, the, the rules that governed the game were very different at that time. So I had to leave out players such as Kid Nichols, a great pitcher in the 1890s who won 30 games several times and actually won more games than any other player in franchise history aside from Warren Spahn and some other Hall of Famers, such as third baseman Jimmy Collins, who played for them during the 1890s, and a couple of other standout players. Um, 
then uh, once he got into the uh, early part of the 20th century, there was first baseman Fred Tenney, who was uh, outstanding fielding uh, first baseman, and then, of course, Hall of Fame shortstop, Rabbit Marinville, who I, I learned from my research was a wild man off the playing field. <laughs> that I didn't know. I, I, I heard of him, uh, heard a lot about him, but I didn't know he was such a wild man off the playing field. And then uh, you, go, you go off to the, he was still in Boston in the 18, excuse me, in the 1940s and 50s. Uh, actually, the 30s and 40s, I mean, uh, during the 30s, uh, their standout performer was Wally Berger, who was a, uh, basically carried the offense for most of the decade. And then uh, Bob Elliott, the third, standout third baseman, did the same thing during the 1940s. But I think probably the, one of the most talented race teams ever was uh, the team that won the World Series in 1957 yep. and almost repeated in 1958 when you had great players like Hank Aaron, Eddie Matthews, Warren Spahn. Um, and then I guess the next great teams were the teams from the 90s. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the, the Hank Aaron teams there in Milwaukee, um, a team beloved by uh, Milwaukee baseball fans uh, still today. And, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, Matthews and, and, uh, and Aaron, that, uh, that really was a cornerstone of, uh, of the great era in Milwaukee. Yeah, and don't forget Warren Spahn, who yep. basically uh, was, was probably the best pitcher in baseball throughout the 1950s. And uh, he, of course, won more games than any other uh, pitcher in franchise history. And Aaron and uh, Matthews hit more home runs than any other tandem in the history of the game. Um, of course, Aaron lasted well into the 70s. He was still a great player in the, in the early 70s, and uh, he's generally considered to be one of the top five players in the history of the game. No doubt. And uh, as the team, we're with, we're with uh, Bob Cohen, the 50 greatest players in Braves history. Uh, just a great read for baseball fans, whether you're in Atlanta or, or just anywhere looking to soak up uh, uh, some baseball as the season begins. Uh, Atlanta, um, most, most Atlanta Braves fans, because Atlanta, a lot of transient people in Atlanta, Bob, uh, where I live, they think the Braves uh, franchise started when it moved to Atlanta. And uh, but really a lot of success uh, in the '90s, and it, it started with that uh, that Braves uh, starting pitching staff. Yeah, well, more than half the players on my on my list of fifty uh, played for the team during their, their time in Atlanta, and of course the thing that made the set them apart from other teams was their great pitching staff, as you mentioned, with uh, Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz, and even others later on like uh, Tim Hudson and uh, some of the others. Uh, but uh, they were noted for more for their pitching staff, but they also had a pretty good offense mostly. Just Chipper Jones, is, he ranks in my top five all the time. He was, he was an obvious Hall of Famer. And yeah. uh, you had Dale Murphy a, a little bit earlier on. You had Dale Murphy, but you also had Ron Gant and David Justice. They're all, they're all on my list. And uh, now you have Ronald Lacuna Jr., Ozzy Albius, and uh, Max Feeder on the team uh, on my top 50. <laughs> Yeah, and a lot of uh, a lot of people are uh, raving about a lot of the Braves uh, young players, like you said. But uh, when you're doing a list like this, Bob, do you you start out with like 150, 200 names and whittle your way down, or you need to start a list where you just start adding adding names to a list? Well, being a baseball historian, I kind of had in my head who who most of the top fifty would be. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of once I completed my research, I had to kind of rearrange some of them. I mean, I knew Hank Aaron was going to be number one, and I wasn't sure about number two between Warren Spahn and Greg Maggs, but when you consider that Maggs basically spent half his career pitching for other teams, that, that really set Warren Spahn apart, because he was, 
he won a lot more games as a member of the Braves than Maddox did. And, of course, Eddie Matthews, I knew he'd be in the top five, and, and Chipper Jones also. But then when you come down, like, after the top five or six, then, then it starts getting really tough to decide. And that's where the research really helped, helped, me, helped me determine who was gonna, what my rankings were going to be. Sure, and how much do you use the traditional baseball data versus now uh, we're living in an era of uh, analytics and uh, and data-driven uh, statistics and, and decisions that uh, that people make when it comes to baseball. How much did you use kind of the old-school metrics versus uh, new-school data? Well, I mean, I, statistics played an important part in, in my rankings, but uh, I, I really... To be honest with you, I really don't like analytics that much, but I mean, some of them, some of the numbers are important, such as OPS, things like that. Mm-hmm. But I use more the reputations and where they, where they finished in their, um, like how many times they might have made the All Star team or led the league in, a, in, in an offensive or pitching statistical category, things like that. Like I look more at their total level of dominance than than just pure numbers. Sure. Because the numbers are going to vary from one era to the next. Sure, we're with baseball historian and author. Uh, Robert W. Cohen and Bob is uh, we'll kind of get your uh, quick take on on other things going on in baseball as the season begins. Uh, some new rules, uh, maybe uh, in in the last fifty years, not as many uh, rule changes that are being implemented this year. Uh, what's uh, as a uh, traditionalist and historian, where do you stand on on some of the new rules? Well, I like the banning of the shift. Yeah. I like that one. I I, I can't stand the putting the runner at second base in extra innings. I think that's not baseball. I think that's nonsense, frankly. Um, I think if you, if you had to do something like that, maybe wait a few innings to try it, but I don't really think... But, I mean, it's supposed to shorten the games, but what if each team scores in the, in, you know, for that? I mean, yeah. it's going to basically not, not change that much other than maybe altering the, the, the game the way, that we, the way the game is played. Um, the pitcher not being able to throw to first base more than twice. I'm not really crazy about that either. Um, I like the the uh, limiting the the uh, amount of time between pitches. I think that will definitely speed up the game. Yeah. Uh, the, only, the only thing I don't like about that is that, let's say you're in the postseason and you have like a, a really important moment, uh, you won't be able to savor it as much because the pitcher has to get the ball to home plate sooner. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think that that's probably the best change that they're making. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of new in baseball, and uh, we're wrapping up here with uh, baseball historian, author Robert W. Cohen, his new book, "The Fifty Greatest Players in in Braves History," and in all sports, uh, Bob, uh, instant replay is is always on the lips of, of pundits and and players and and coaches and managers. Um, how deep should baseball go into? Uh, we, we're already there in, in some part. How how deep should baseball go into with instant replay or uh, um, you know umpireless uh, strike zone calls? No, I don't really care for that. I think it, w- it is it would be a good idea to allow umpires to change their calls if, if it's uh, maybe allow um, um, the managers a certain number of challenges per game if, they, if the pitch is obviously called incorrectly. I think maybe it might be worthwhile to, to look at that, but I don't really like having um, umpireless baseball. I think having the umpires, is, uh, the human aspect of it is very important. Uh, I think they've got to, other than that, I think they've got as far as they can with instant replay. In fact, the, the most interesting thing is if you watch, if you watch these old games that they have sometimes ESPN or, or MLB Network will show from the 50s and 60s, yeah. they hardly ever use instant replay. Now, on a, on a routine ground ball, they'll, they'll show it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> 
Yeah, we have the technology now to look at little minutia, and uh, that's uh, that's been a been a big change to the game. And and uh, great to be joined by uh, Robert W. Cohen, the fifty greatest players in Braves history. And uh, what's next? What's next, Bob? There's a bunch of teams out there, and uh, I know you're uh, chomping at the bit to uh, to get on to your next one. Yeah, well, um, when I first started my fifty greatest series several years ago, I decided to uh, cover some of the most iconic te uh, teams in the history of sports in general, not just baseball. I've, I've done books on football as well. I've done several teams of football, and uh, I'm, I actually have a, a 50 Greatest Buffalo Bills book coming out um, later this year. Okay. Um, but my next baseball book, I'm actually doing one on the Houston Astros, who are not as, you know, they're not as long a history as some of these other teams, but they've certainly been one of the most successful teams over the last decade. Uh, I'm currently working on that, and I'm also going to be starting on a 50 Greatest Cincinnati Bengals book later this year. Wow, great. So, uh, yeah. And my, so my, you mentioned a couple of my baseball books. I've, had, I've written several others, like the Giants and Dodgers, the Yankees, Red Sox, a lot of those uh, most historical teams I've, I've written uh, through the years. Yeah, Astros and Bengals, two hot teams. And uh, I know uh, you'll dissect uh, the incredible numbers of, of Nolan Ryan when it comes to the uh, to the Astros, Bob. That's uh going to be it's going to be fun to see where he ranks yeah well um one thing i should mention for, for all my books especially the Braves book yeah i only i only um examine the players contributions to, uh, during his time in with the Braves. so in yep. other words the players such as um fred mcgriff who had a lot of his best seasons with other teams might not rank quite as high as you might expect them to because like i said he a lot of his numbers was playing for other teams but he still he's still yeah, Hall, Hall of Famer going in this year, and that's uh, that's what makes the that's what makes the conversation great and uh, and, and the read so fun, Bob. Thanks for coming on.